No fear. No political correctness. No wokeism. You're listening to Underground USA. Thank you for listening and downloading. My name is Frank Salvato. Before we get into this morning's segment on the Captain's America Third Watch with Matt Bruce, I'd like to welcome him back from a extended absence. He had some health problems. We wish him the best of health. Uh, as I told him this morning, I didn't know whether or not to give him the, the required rash of crap that firefighters normally give each other when something like that happens to place a little levity on the situation. Uh, I declined because, well, we've both been out of that business for quite a while, but we remain brothers of the badge. I wanted to also point you towards the featured article over at Underground USA. If we're going to push back, let's start at the beginning. I talk about political correctness, how it popped onto the scene in the late 70s and the early 80s, and how it has morphed into opening the door wide open for wokeism, and how both of those selfish and self-centered philosophies allowed a very small group of people with very big mouths the opportunity to grab at the power to decide what is right, what is wrong, and today, what you can believe and what you can't. Please go on over there and give it a read. It lands heavy on the concept of the unconstitutionalism of hate speech laws and hate crime laws. Right now, this morning's segment on the Captain's America Third Watch with the returning Matt Bruce. Joining us, he's been with us all night, all week long, Kyle Warren, a professor of politics. Hey, Kyle. Good morning again, Captain. Yep, and hold on because we're going to bring we're going to bring in the man, the myth, the legend, the all-around good guy that knows what the hell he's talking about ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time. Frank Silvato from UndergroundUSA.com. Good morning, Mister Frank. Mister Captain, I'm I I was debating on whether to go back to the firehouse days and give you a big heaping helping load of crap about taking so much time off. <laughs> but I decided to. But I decided to give you a pass. Trust me, my friend. If I could have got back any sooner, I would have been here. Wild horses couldn't have kept me away. I have no doubt about that. None. Yep. And to the brothers, by the way, in the fire service of police officer buddies, uh, military friends, EMS, and whatnot. Thank you so very much for all of the kind words I've gotten from those guys and gals. And of course, I owe my life to a couple of really sharp police officers, and a really sharp ambulance crew, because without them, we wouldn't be talking. Well, you know, you put in so much time on the other side of responding to the call that Mm -hmm. when you actually have to use it, it's pretty impressive what we used to do. You betcha. Well, Frank, I got to start it out. Donald Trump gets indicted. What the hell? Now what? Well, they're going to keep throwing everything at him that they possibly can from every source that they have control over until something sticks. And that's just the bottom line here. No matter what the subject, no matter what the angle, no matter who the prosecutor and what jurisdiction, until something sticks on this guy and they can say, going into 2024, that he is guilty of something, 
so he shouldn't be the president, they're not going to stop. Now, the thing that we really should juxtapose here with that situation is if it was anybody else, and it's two points, if it was anybody else who didn't have the money to have the lawyers that Donald Trump has, they would have already been convicted, and this this candidacy would have been over. Yeah. And that that's really what they want. But two, if this was Hillary Clinton, if this was Barack Obama, if this was Bill Clinton, the media would be screaming holy hell about the the persecution these people are are under and the weaponization of the judicial system. Yeah. If anybody thinks for a moment that it's just a fairy tale that there's a two-tier and a and a, a favorable judicial system for the left, this is your example. Look at it, understand it, consume it, and start getting angry about it. Well, I think I'm beyond angry, and I'm definitely going to try to do what I can on the radio airwaves about it, as well as the different groups I belong to, because there's a lot of mobilization going on right now, because Don, or Don, listen to me, because uh, Joe Biden has no idea the sleeping giant he's awoken. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Folks, we're coming right back with more. Kyle Warren, the professor of politics, and, of course, our good friend Frank Silvato over at undergroundusa.com. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Got a lot more to talk about. Handcrafted exotic blend teas at the lowest shipping cost anywhere. Hi, I'm CJ, owner of the Emerald Coast Tea Company. We ship our premium gourmet blends with Sindel, offering you the lowest shipping prices anywhere while also being carbon neutral. Excellent tea at the right price. Check us out at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mama's tea. And here's Heather with the weather. Well, it's beautiful out there, sunny and 75, almost a little chilly in the shade. Now, let's get a read on the inside of your car. It is hot. You've only been parked a short time and it's already 99 degrees in there. Let's not leave children in the back seat while running errands. It only takes a few minutes for their body temperatures to rise. And that could be fatal. Cars get hot fast and can be deadly. Never leave a child in a car. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. News. Insight. Passion. AM 930. The Answer. All right, back to, uh, first of all, Frank Silvato. Good morning, Mr. Frank. Mr. Captain. And we've got our good friend Kyle Warren, uh, my go-to guy, uh, who was around during all of this. And I want to thank him personally and publicly again for the great job that you've done, Kyle, uh, keeping the people informed. I appreciate that, uh, Captain. My pleasure, absolutely. Now, we obviously have more to talk about here. And uh, I'm going to let you ask the next question to Frank, because I know you got one picked. So go ahead. Well, you know, Frank, uh, the captain and I were talking before a little bit about what's happening up in Oregon right now. There are now 12 different counties, a 12th county just voted to join what's called the Greater Idaho Project, because these counties don't believe that uh, 
the Oregon uh, government rep really represents them anymore, and um, and uh, they want to literally break away and go join Idaho. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's been a long time coming. This is something that just didn't happen overnight. They've been working on this vote to make it successful for years, um, but it's a hell of a statement. You know, when you when you have counties, when you have a significant number of people and a significant area too, by the way, when you look at those counties want to break away from a state, that's a state in crisis. Now, the chances of it happening are very, very slim because there has to be a sign-off by the federal government on the formation of, of any new state. There has to be a constitutional charter to create things, and that constitution has to be accepted. So with the uh, the miscreants and the, the gerrymandering and the, the political opportunism in Washington, D.C., They've still got a very steep hill to climb to make it a success. But you have to look at this as a statement of people saying we're tired of the urban areas running roughshod over the rest of the state. Uh, the same thing happens in Illinois. The same thing happens in New York. It, it definitely happened in California, where a bunch of counties in Northern California want to break away from, from the larger state because the Blue areas suck the money and the resources away from the rural areas or the more rural areas, and they, they get nothing in return. You could pull back 30,000 feet and look at the country and see the same malady happening. You've got red states who do, the, do a much better job of being fiscally responsible, who send all their money, their citizens send it, their corporations send it. Uh, the, to the federal government that keep bailing out failing states and and nothing returns in proportion to the states that are being responsible. So if we see some kind of division in this country, you know, you hear people say we need a national divorce or, or we, there's a second civil war coming. It's not going to be with bullets and blood. It's going to be an economic thing where the states say, you know what, we're not doing this anymore. Because every time, every time we want something, the federal government says no. But they're bailing out states like California, Illinois, and New York with our money. We're getting nothing for what we're giving to the federal government. And that comes from bureaucracy and from favoritism. So you know, one of my favorite subjects is nullification. And I, I got a book coming out very soon on that issue that talks about just this. How states can claw back the power, claw back the money. And, and let the blue states drown. If you're going to be spending like California does, be almost a trillion dollars in debt, then like, you're going to have to deal with it because there's not going to be any money to bail you out. Well, it makes sense to me, Frank. And, of course, we're talking to Frank Silvato, UndergroundUSA.com's website, and, of course, my sidekick, Kyle Warren, from the Kyle Warren Show. Now, um, there was an interesting Supreme Court decision yesterday that probably wasn't supposed to take place. And it was the Supreme Court surprise voting rights decision on a voting rights law in Alabama. Yeah, they rejected the uh, the redistricting map that the GOP drew up down there. And, uh, you know, that happens from time to time. When states start gerrymandering lines and, and it's not proportional, it gets to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court gets to strike it down or affirm the map. 
We do want to look a little bit harder, and I have, I've got to read a little bit more on this subject to become more knowledgeable about it, but we do have to look harder about the double standard that, uh, that the southern state that is Alabama has to reach in, with voting rights in order to be able to draw those maps. Ever since the end of the Civil War, there has been a, a litmus test that southern states have to pass. The DOJ has to sign off on their redistricting because of, uh, you know, it was, it was the punishment that they had to, they had to pay after the civil war related to race, related to voting rights and race. Now we've come a zillion miles since the civil war and the Southern states, everything below the Mesa Dixon line, they have had to put up with this for way far longer than they should have. When you look at states like Alabama and Mississippi, they are predominantly black now. They're run, they've got more people that are black in the legislatures. Their civil rights records are eons ahead of, of what places like, again, Illinois, New York, and California are, but the DOJ doesn't look at them. They don't have to rise to the same litmus test. So I'm going to look into that a little bit more. We should all be a little bit more cognizant of that because of if different states are playing by different rules, we're not being treated equally under the Constitution, and that in and of itself is unconstitutional. Mm. We lost a legend yesterday in conservatism and an evangelist to boot, namely former TV host, full-time, helped start the uh, Christian uh, Broadcasting Network, Pat Robertson. What a tremendous individual he was, plus a United States veteran. Well, you know, when we, uh, and I hate to say this because it just projects mortality, but, you know, we the older we get, the more people within our sphere of time will start to depart. And, and we're going to see the, the, the scions of every sphere that we exist in, whether it's religious, political, societal, cultural, uh, artistic. Uh, you're going to start seeing people that we were familiar with people who are in our generation start to pass. So instead of mourning, I think we should celebrate their lives, take a look at what they accomplished, uh, stand in awe if it warrants, but that it's you do have to recognize it, acknowledge it, uh, give him his due. Um, you know, there's, there's respect to be given there. Well, I agree 100% with you. Now, can you stick around for an extra segment? You bet. Okay, because, uh, Kyle, we still have a lot to talk about with Frank, uh, none of which is any less important than the other. And, of course, I want to talk to Frank about this article he wrote. It's entitled, If We're Going to Push Back, Let's Start at the Beginning. There's a lot of really solid common sense in there. You need to read this article. Frank's going to tell you about it. And we're going to let you know a little something, too, because I I, I agree 100% with the article, Frank. Well, you know, it's the topic of the article is free speech. And quite honestly, we don't have it yep. in the United States today. Mm-hmm. We just don't. All right, my friend, hold on. Kyle, you hold on. Folks, we'll be right back with more right after this break. And let's see. I scraped somebody up off the sidewalk here. Look who I found. Look who I found to take us to break right now. Here we go. You found it, the most listened to radio program in the overnights, the Captain's America Third Watch with Captain Matt Bruce. Lock it in and join the Captain's Army. 
Who helped cause soaring gas prices? BlackRock. Who contributed to outrageous housing prices? BlackRock. BlackRock and Larry Fink spent years harassing oil and gas companies, making them divest from fossil fuels. Now you feel the pain. And BlackRock-owned companies are snatching up houses, crippling families. Now BlackRock's former ESG czar, Brian Deese, is Biden's economic advisor, crushing America from within. That's what BlackRock is really about. Don't let biased algorithms or degree screens or exclusive professional networks or stereotypes. Don't let anything keep you from discovering the half of the workforce who are stars. Workers skilled through alternative routes rather than a bachelor's degree. It's time to tear the paper ceiling and see the stars beyond it. Find out how you can make stars part of your talent strategy at tearthepaperceiling.org. Brought to you by Opportunity at Work and the Ad Council. News, insight, passion. AM 930, The Answer. All right, back to uh, Frank Sovato, undergroundusa.com. Hello, sir. Mr. Captain. Back to Kyle Warren, the uh, professor of politics. Hello, Kyle. Good morning, Captain. Now, Frank wrote an article over at undergroundusa.com. It's entitled, If We're Going to Push Back, Let's Start at the Beginning. It is a fascinating article with a game plan to get these this scourge that's out there, and I'll call them what they are, the scourge, this bunch of losers, this bunch of just fools that are trying to ruin our great United States of America. So, Frank, have at it. Well, this goes back, and you know, if you were aware, back in the in the late seventies and early eighties, this goes back to when political correctness was a joke. I, I remember vividly there were there was a, a publication out called the Politically Correct Handbook and Dictionary, and it was it was something that you stuck in somebody's stocking, a political uh, somebody who was more political at Christmas. It was a stocking stuffer. It was a joke. It was meant to make fun of it. And everybody, you started hearing it. That's not politically correct. You have to be politically correct. Well, that morphed from a joke into being serious. You know, that's not politically correct. You can't say that. And that's where the censorship began. That's when the attack on free speech began. It started small, started as a joke. And today, it gave birth to wokeism. It gave birth to the thought police. It gave birth to other people, a small group of very vocal, dominant, elitist, self-anointed guardians of what language is. Gave way to giving them the power to say what you can say, what you can't say, and today, what you can believe and what you can't believe. And and this has morphed into things that, that have been codified into law. You know, when you hear about hate speech, the first question that's always come to my mind is, okay, who are the arbiters of the definition of hate? Because one person, and you've heard this before, mm-hmm. one person's freedom fighter is another person's terrorist. Yep. Today, you've got, you know, we used to say, well, this person is a pedophile. He preys on children. He's a child molester. He's a criminal. Mm-hmm. Now they're calling them, I believe, youth-attracted people, Jesus. you know, groomers. They're, they're softening the language down to 
change what the taboos in our society are, and because they control what hate is and what isn't in the in the public sphere, thanks to social media and the eruption of activism in this country, which is a completely other topic, they get to say that if you don't use the right terms, then you're a hater. You know, if you don't if you don't agree with us, you're a hater. Especially if you're talking about race, it, you've got no voice if you're a white male. Mm-hmm. None. You know, you're a white supremacist. You should sit down and shut up. It's everybody else's turn. You had yours. That's not what a free republic, what a constitutional republic is. You silence no one, even mm-hmm. the lunatics. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying, hey, let's go after the woke people and shut them up. I don't care. Go ahead and say what you want to. Your right to throw a punch must end where my nose begins, though. You don't get to tell me what I can believe, what I can't believe. You can't tell me what I can say and what I can't say. I don't care about your microaggressions. Mm-hmm. I don't care about if you feel that you're being offended. There's nothing in the Constitution or the Bill of Rights that guarantees your freedom from being offended. Mm-hmm. You don't like it? Turn the channel. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. It's got to be that way because we're losing individualism. Mm-hmm. Well, Carl and I had a discussion a couple hours ago about uh, um, a constitutional republic versus a democracy. We are not a democracy. Absolutely not. I wrote a book about that a few years back. We are a constitutional republic. The framers and the founders despised what a pure democracy is all about because it doesn't protect the rights of the minority. It tramples the rights of the minority because it's mob rule 51 to 49. So if you cobble together enough votes, you win and you get to make the rules without a care for protecting the rights of the minority. And in a larger argument, again, coming back to 30,000 feet, looking at the country, this is what the movement to expunge the electoral college is all about. Right. The Electoral College was crafted to be able to protect the rights of the minority at a state election level for the federal government. Mm-hmm. Now you've got people, well, let's move to a popular vote. Really, it should be one vote, one person. Well, it sounds nice, but it doesn't protect the minority. Right. In, in a constitutional republic, they've leveled the playing field so there's opportunity for all. Not equity, because that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Equity is socialism. Equity is communism. An equal outcome for all, regardless of, of whether you produce or whether you feed from the public trough. Okay, That's so let me let me what we do. Let me bring in Kyle. Kyle, you got about a minute. What's your last question? Make it your best. No, well, I I appreciate very much what Frank is talking about because, you know, Hillary Clinton just recently, Frank called the Electoral College an anachronism, you know, as if this is just some vestigial part of our country that really just needs to sort of shrivel up at this point. And they're trying to make hay with this. Of course they are. And and they're making headway. They've got a movement that's got states that have already signed off on it. If it hits a level, everybody comes in full force. They try to make it a constitutional amendment to expunge the Electoral College. Hillary Clinton is a fascist. Yep. She's always been a fascist. 
she'll always be a fascist. Yep. She doesn't care about the rights of the minority. She only cares about power. She's a greedy, horrible human being who should be kept away from the seats of power as far as possible. Well, Mr. Frank, I have enjoyed our conversation back and forth I have over the years, and this was more stimulating and more interesting than some of the other ones we've had, so I look forward to talking to you on Monday. Have yourself a great weekend, my friend. You stay low, my friend, and welcome back. Thank you, sir. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, leave a comment, rate it if your platform lets you, and go on over to undergroundusa.com and sign up for our Substack. It comes straight to you. Independent journalism untainted by the agendized censors. Very important going forward for the rest of time. My name is Frank Salvato. You're listening to Underground USA. I'll be right back in a minute. This podcast is a production of the Compass Point Group.